All right, we started a series a few weeks ago called, two weeks ago, called um, Unlocking More. And I don't know if you have missed any, it's just been two weeks. If you've missed it, I want you to get in on it. You got to go to our podcast or our website or our YouTube page or even on our Facebook page and hear the message. Look, I, it is only during this pandemic um, or since we've been doing it, doing it, this pre-recording services that I get a chance to sit back and listen Sunday, y'all. I like to lost my mind. I was up the whole sermon yelling at the TV, hitting the TV like, preach, sir, preach, doc. I was like, who is this guy? I was just enjoying me. And I'm sorry. You know what? It's a sorry, sorry dog that won't wag his old tail. I enjoyed the word Sunday. I enjoyed the, the practical teaching from the Bible. And I encouraged. I encourage you to share it with somebody and I hope you enjoy it because I don't often get a chance to listen. But when I do, I'm like, man, I forget that it's me and I just receive the word with joy, which is what we are supposed to do. So it is my prayer that uh, the teaching encourages you, that uh, you connect with it. Um, if I can say this to you very pointedly, if you do not connect with this word here, go somewhere else so you can connect. Don't just sit here. I mean, come on. Don't just go to a church just because. If you don't connect with what's being taught, leave and go to somewhere where you can connect. Now, if that was for you and you're about to sign off, love you. We'll see you somewhere in cyberspace. Other than that, let's go to the word. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start reading at verse 5 as we have launched this text or this series and call, called Unlocking More. This is what I believe that we're in that season where God is calling us forward to more. And um, I just keep hearing him talk about it. I keep uh, feeling him pressing me in my back pushing me forward. And it is so not comfortable. If you missed Wednesday night Bible study last week, uh, we talked about the promises of God and how it calls for us to be uncomfortable in order to get it. And um, yeah, this season may not be. And I said when we launched this series that this series is not for the faint of heart. It is for the mature. And I hope you're ready. Let's go deeper. Luke chapter one, verse five. Here's what it reads. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. <clears throat> His wife was the daughters was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. 
and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside the uh, outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you shall call his name John. So far, our scripture reading today, I want to talk to you from this thought. Um, the lessons and the unlocking. The lessons and the unlocking. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, <clears throat> we thank you today for this opportunity we have to share your word. We pray today that you would speak that you would give uh, clear instructions for us as we walk forward in those things that you would have us know and do. Teach us your ways and we will follow. Now I pray, Lord, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. The lessons, the lessons and the unlocking. So I was trying to move somewhere else this week in our time together. But as I was studying, <clears throat> the Lord kept impressing upon me the um, this uh, what we're going to talk about today. He kept impressing that upon me. As a matter of fact, the other way that I was going to go as I started to read it, I had to ask him, tell me how this translates today. And so I'm still waiting for his answer. <laughs> and so while I'm waiting, he says, now I want you to talk about this. I know what you want to hear from me, but I want you to share this with my people. So I want you to hear this, everybody. There is a clarion call from heaven for workers. Hear me. The church has changed. And the way the church is reaching folk has changed. Hear me. Here's how Jesus said it. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus says, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It is. Even in Jesus time, there was a lack of workers. And today, heaven is calling for those who are willing to serve God. He's calling them now. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because at the rate the message of God is going out through these airways in this virtual uh, way, we're reaching more people. And there is now what I would like to call a priming that's happening in the spirits of men. And God is about to call forth the beacon in every man that is receiving his word, man, mankind receiving his word, and the church will grow. As a whole, hear me, the church will grow. And so heaven is calling 
for us as those who are believers to step forward and serve and work for the kingdom of God. Y'all hearing what, what I'm saying? So look, I want you to see this now. Last week, in the last two weeks, um, as we opened this series, it was called Unlocking the Next Level. Um, we talked about these two women, but I want you to see the common thread through the text. Okay, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you about it. We talked about two women. The first woman had a crisis and she got a miracle. But in order to unlock the miracle, when she came out of the house and ran to Elisha, she said to him, my husband, your servant is dead. Then he, she comes back to him and says to him, your servant, talking about herself, has done everything that you've asked me to do. Even in that, we see the servant. In order for there to be a miracle, there is a servant. When we move to the second woman, that woman herself became the servant because she is feeding Elisha as he comes back and forth through town, right? Well, when she builds a house for him and him and his servant uh, move into that room as they come in and out of town, when heaven, if you go back and listen to the message from last week, heaven was ready to bless this woman. And when heaven was ready, when Elisha said, I want to do something for this woman, he called his servant. They said to the woman, we want to bless you. She said, I'm good and left the doorway. And then Elisha still wasn't satisfied. He said, I know there's something that we can do for her. Listen, it is at that point that heaven starts dealing with her desires. But it was Elisha's servant that reminded him she doesn't have a baby. She didn't have a son. So it was the servant that says, think about the fact that she needs a son. And then heaven starts dealing with that. This woman conceives. The boy dies when she goes to the husband and she says to the husband, uh, the boy is dead. I'm going to look for the prophet. He sends with her a servant to drive the horse so she could get to where she was going. When she gets to Elisha, as Elijah is responding to her crisis, he first calls the servant to go forward and uh, lay the, the stick on the boy. All the way through the text, the common denominator outside of God is a servant. Because whatever we do, servanthood matters. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And I want you to see this, that service is synonymous to a relationship with God. Service is. Service is a part of our faith. It locks in. Come on, the, the, the reason that locks in? Here, here's what Jesus says. When Jesus said to them, the disciples says, hey, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Uh, Jesus says, unless you become like a child, unless you become a servant, you won't be because a servant is going to be the greatest in the kingdom. He says, even I, the son of man, comes in the form of a servant. So this relationship that we have is a relationship that is calling forth servitude. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something that I don't want it to offend you, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just because you go to church don't mean you're serving. There is a difference between a churchgoer and a believer. There's a difference. See, churchgoers believe because they go to church, they're serving. 
But believers understand that because I am connected to God the Father, there is an expectation of me to serve the body of Christ. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, the churchgoer deals with the do's and the don'ts, mostly the don'ts. Because churchgoers go to church and they say um, they really uh, walk this thin line. That's the thin line of moralism and Christianity that says, I don't do this and I don't do that. And because I don't do those things, I'm good. But if Jesus is saying that the greatest in the kingdom is a servant, how do we think that just because we don't do a thing and overlook the things that we should do, we are doing the right thing? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all with me? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Go ahead and hit those likes. Let me know you're still there. So it, these, the churchgoers deal with what I don't do. While being blind to the to-dos of the faith, that we love one another, that we serve people. Come on. That we live sacrificially. So you got to make sure, you got to ask yourself a question. What am I? Am I a churchgoer? Or am I a believer because believers plug all the way in. Now, wherever you fall in this comparison, I want everybody to hear this, that turning a blind eye to what we should be doing makes us, uh, will cause us to be subject to, listen, the sin of indifference. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. The sin of indifference. Heaven is calling for laborers, but we have to be careful that just because we go to church that we don't think we're in line when God is saying, I need you to work for me, not just come. I need you to open your heart and serve me with your hands. Serve me with generosity. Come on, serve me by making sure others have what they need. If we step over that, we fall into the sin of um, indifference. Now, where, where do we see that in the text, Pastor? Where do we see that sin? I'll tell you. Jesus tells the parable about what we call the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan, here, here's what happened. The Good Samaritan, or, or the, there's a, a man that is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and the Bible says he fell among thieves. They beat him. They stripped him. They robbed him and they left him, the text says, half dead. Watch what happens. Three people come along. One of them is a priest. The other of them, the other person is a Levite, which means he serves in the house of God. And the third was a Samaritan. It's amazing how Jesus highlights the two because two of them were churchgoers but saw an opportunity to serve and stepped over it. It is at that place <laughs> that, that we see the sin of indifference. Why? Because they were on their way to serve in the temple. But on their way to serve, they stepped over an opportunity because it was inconvenient to them. Come on. It was inconvenient. I'm on my way somewhere. I got to stop. I can't stop right now. The text says they went to the other side of the road as to not touch him, as to not defile themselves. But what Jesus says was the Samaritan 
is really the neighbor. Here is the challenge in that text. It is this contrast because Samaritans and Jews don't get along. The guy who had been beaten was a Jew. The two who, over, who stepped over him and was an indifferent to his need were Jews. Watch. But the Samaritan and the Jew, the only beef that they have is not whether God is God because they both worshiped God. But the Samaritans and Jews had a fight between where to worship. So this wasn't the issue of who believed and who didn't. This was an issue of who stepped over the opportunity of service because the moment was not convenient. L let me let me let me challenge you. Many of us don't serve, not because there's not an opportunity, but because it's not convenient to serve. Come on. It's not convenient to my schedule, Pastor. You know, I got some other stuff to do and I'm going to be able to to help on this. It's, it's not convenient to my social life. You know, I got brunch and I got to go with the uh, Saras and the bras and, you know, because we got stuff to do. It's just not to serve in the house. It, it ain't convenient. What about the fact that it's not convenient to my budget? I know that you want me to give a little bit more, but that just really doesn't uh, line up here. What about it's not convenient to my feelings? Because I got church hurt. It's not conven convenient to my feelings, Pastor, because I'm doing me right now. <laughs> it's not convenient, Pastor, because I got some requests laid up for God and he didn't answer them. And I'm just mad at him. Look how y'all looking at me. Don't look at me like that. In our text today, there is something that I want you to see. First of all, I want to say to you that you got to serve anyway. Even though it's inconvenient, you got to serve. Here is why. Service gets the attention of heaven. Watch these nuggets now, because last week the nugget was generosity gets the attention of heaven. This week, this nugget is service gets the attention of heaven. Why do you say that? Here it is, John chapter 12, verse 26. Jesus sums up how God sees serving. It said, he says this, if any of you want to serve me, what he says, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. Look at how God will, will respond to this. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. See, this is why you serve anyway, because God responds to the servant. Here's Jesus says this. Jesus says, you roll with me, serve me, and the Father will honor you. When I looked up the word honor in the Hebrew, in the Greek, the word honor is to add a value and evaluation or valuation. It's like when you watch Shark Tank and the person comes in the door and says, I want to offer you 10% of my, my business for uh, $250,000. What is really evaluating his company at about $2.5 million. And sometimes they tell him, based on what you have see, uh, shown me, your evaluation is too high. Jesus says this, 
that when we honor, when we serve, God sees that service and he honors, he gives you a high valuation. Look how y'all looking at me. And he rewards. <laughs> it's like God is saying when we serve, we walk into his shark tank. We get a shark immediately. That's for all y'all shark tank lovers. If you watch it like me, you know exactly what I'm saying. And so you got to serve anyway. Watch. So in our text today, our servants in the text step over some very personal inconveniences and they serve. Here it is. Zechariah and Elizabeth husband and wife team here, serve with an unanswered prayer. Mm. Imagine the tension. Okay, here's the tension. The tension here is that they're older. They have been together for a long time. They have been walking this faith tradition from birth. Okay? And now, Zechariah has made it into the priesthood. All the while, there is a deficiency in both of them. And so they have this tension that says, I'm serving, but I got some unanswered prayers. I would say to you that this tension is both horizontal and vertical. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because I've been praying to you for a child. But as a Jew, their faith tradition was if a man, there were seven things that uh, if a Hebrew man or uh, uh, a Jewish man didn't have, he would get kicked out of the church, kicked out of the temple. The top two was if he didn't have a wife and, he did, and if he didn't have a son. So here's the tension. The tension is, God, I'm waiting for you to respond to me. And I'm going to serve in a place that could kick me out because of something that I can't control. Tension. <laughs> Tension. But they served anyway. Can you imagine them at the temple doing what? It was his time, the text says, to swing to serve at the altar of incense this is with, with this, uh, this, this ball. It's called uh, a canter. That smoke came out that they just waved over the altar that represented the prayers of the people. Now, remember, I'm calling this uh, the lessons and the unlocking. I want to give you four lessons that Zechariah teaches us while he's serving with an unanswered prayer. While he's serving, listen, with an inconvenience, he teaches us something. Here it is. Number one, he's teaching us that serving is connected to my belief in God. Mm. Here is where we miss it. Um, if his serving was connected to the temple itself, and the leaders in the temple, he might not would have served because again, at any day, 
They could have been telling him, hey, you don't have no son. We get ready to kick you out of here. We have to excommunicate you from the faith because of the, the law. The tenets of the Jewish faith says you have to have a son. So if, if he was all about serving because it was the temple, I don't know. But what he teaches us is my service is connected to my belief in God. So let me ask you this. Why are you not serving? Is it because you don't believe in God? Well, I believe that if I'm preaching to you and you're actually watching, then that means you must be on this platform because you halfway believe, halfway at least. But he says, I do what I do for God. This is not for people. Hear me. Paul writes, whatever we do, we have to do it or we have to work as unto the Lord. People, I want you to remember this, that when we serve, we serve out of our commitment to God. You don't serve out of your commitment to me. You don't serve out of your commitment to grandmom and them. We serve out of our commitment to God. Why? Because the people we serve with are imperfect people. Mm. See, this is a hard pill to swallow. Because I have had conversation after conversation. I've been to church all my life. I've had conversation after conversation with people who leave churches because they're mad at people. Uh, and so, okay, okay, I got it. You're mad at them, so you go to another church. No, I ain't going nowhere. Why? Now, you, now we're not serving God because of people? Could it be that your attachment was too much to the people? And too little to God? Wasn't it you that told me you got angry at work the other day because somebody mishandled you? Did you quit that job? Oh, no, you went back the next day? Why? Because I got I to gotta make a, uh, I got a commitment to my family. I got to pay my bill. Oh, so we are work at a job <laughs> where the people offend us because we have a commitment to our families. But we won't serve at a church where people offend us because we don't have a commitment to God. Look how y'all looking at me. Hey, family, I'm not going to be able to finish this talk today. We'll finish it next week. Um, so invite somebody to come back to hear the conclusion of the lesson and the unlocking. And so, uh, so I want to give you an opportunity today to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, serving the Lord starts at the place when we surrender our lives to him. And oftentimes we feel like we can't uh, give our lives to him until we get get it all straight. And I want to encourage you today. Um, that's kind of like saying, I'm going to wait till I get better before I go to the doctor. You can bring all your junk. He can handle your stuff, your issues, your baggage. God can handle all of that. Here's the deal. And he wants you with all of that in tow. So I want to give you an opportunity today to get connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to be your savior. And in order to do that, the way we do it here at Christ Centered is that there's a number on the screen. You can text new life to this number and there's a team waiting for you. Also, if you'd like to join Christ Centered Church, if you'd like to move uh, closer to what's happening here and be a part of it and say, hey, pastor, I want you to be my pastor. I'd love to be your pastor. You can text the number on the screen, text the word connect, and there's a team waiting to talk to you there. I look forward to connecting with you.
So listen, I want to bless you this week and I want to declare that you are ambassadors of Christ, that you leave this place to seek and to save that which is lost. I declare in Jesus name that everything your hands touch will prosper and every place the soles of your feet shall tread upon you shall possess. I declare in Jesus name that you're above only and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. I declare money comes to you, but not just money, the wisdom that, that to handle the money that comes your way. I declare that on your job, favor waits for you. You're not the problem, but you're the solution to the problem. I declare that your single life is whole and healthy and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ, that your married life is whole, healthy and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blessings of the Lord be upon you. Wholeness, benefit, prosperity and favor. May it be your portion both now and forever. Go in peace and the God of peace goes with you. Thanks for watching. I love you. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today.